but the punishment needs to fit the crime. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of punishments aren't fitting the crime. So to make up for it, there's people calling for the punishments to exceed the crime as a way to make up for it. You know, and and therein lies the problem. If we would take our focus and put it where it belongs, which is on punishing appropriately when an, a crime occurs, then we could go, yeah, that guy who slapped her ass is fucking wrong and he should be dealt with appropriately. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. So I, I saw this this headline in Apple News today that, that drew my attention. I have not read the story yet, so I just want to quickly breeze through it and see if this is something we're talking about. Uh, right. Headline, it's from BBC News. Olivia Wilde, actress, uh, Olivia Wilde says that the actress had no say, quote, in Clint Eastwood film Richard Jewell. So I saw that headline and my first thought is... Wait a minute, what? She's, she's recanting? Because I just read an article three, four days ago where she was like... Absolutely, this is, you know, I love playing characters that have no redeeming value. Women can be non-redemption. This is kind of, this is the kind of thing. Uh, Okay. I just, I mean, I just read her, like, sort of defending the choices of the character she played in the movie. I mean, just to to, to get everybody's speed, if they're not familiar with it, the Richard Jewell story, it's Clint Eastwood. Um, It's the story of... A fat autistic guy who blew up Atlanta. Well, no, no, that's no, it's not. That's the thing. It's about I can't. Was it the '86 Olympics? '96. Uh, '96 Olympics. Oh. So '96 Olympics, they had the bomb scare. This guy, this security guard, found the bomb and, and you know basically saved thousands of lives. And then the Atlanta Journal, um, this this woman decided to you know she she had contacts with the fbi the fbi of course is looking at him because that's what you do you you i mean i, I think that's a quote from the movie and i haven't seen the movie but the quote from the movie is, is of course you look at the guy that found the bomb if there's a dead body you look at the person who found the body i mean you know that makes sense but the fbi are so convinced this guy did it and then she gets a hold of it in the atlantic journal and runs it as if he did and completely fucking destroys the guy's life because mm-hmm. all of a sudden she says he's guilty so everybody says he's guilty the whole world thinks he's guilty and it turns out he wasn't fucking guilty at all right so this is clint eastwood but so anyway i'd read uh i read an article where it was sort of like ah clint eastwood's you know film is coming under fire and then and the atlantic journal is like pissed off because they're like no she didn't sleep with an fbi agent to get the story kind of thing that's not factual whatever um, yeah she says she was like saying listen you know, this is a fully drawn out character and I can't believe you do it. So now she's recanted. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm so interested. it looks like, and I'm I'm looking at other news stories recently that here's some variety. Olivia Wilde says controversial depiction of Richard Jewell journalist was out of her control. But the thing that drew me to that initial Apple headline yeah. was that Olivia Wilde actress, quote, had no say in Clint Eastwood film Richard Jewell. I, my, my initial thought was, well, should actors have say... Like how much how much say should actors have in the projects that they work on? I guess it depends on who the act who the actor is, but like ultimate say is the director 
or the producer. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't know. There's a hierarchy. I, the thing I, is, I don't mind her feeling like she didn't have a say. I, I think that's. I, I, I don't I think, either. I, yeah. I think. I think that is. It, it, to me, it's virtue signaling. Um, it's. It's her saying, "Oh wow, there's controversy surrounding this character that I played," and the and the factfulness of whether or not she actually the character actually slept with an FBI agent to get, which apparently is what what is intimated in the film is that she slept with this edge FBI agent to get. Right. It. But from what I've read about the about the actual woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they love her, but she was, like, she'd do anything for the story. I mean, everybody says that in this nice way, but she sounds like somebody that was just, fuck you, I will do anything and everything. And that she, intentionally, she would wear super short skirts, and she would flirt really aggressively with uh, people that were in in the thing. She would do anything, and including using the fact that she was an attractive female. Yeah. um, She would use that to get... The story, mm-hmm. and so it is not out of line, I guess, for in, for Clint Eastwood or whoever the the screenwriter is to to infer that maybe she did that. But and it's juicier. They had to make it. You know, that's the thing is every Clint Eastwood. There has to be a bad guy, and apparently, oh, yeah. in this particular film version of Richard Jewell's story, the bad guy she's the bad is guy. her. She's the bad guy, yeah. and so of course she's not going to be painted in a flattering light. Um, I think it's interesting. It, it's it's an interesting development that we're coming to because, uh, you know, I mean, Clint Eastwood is Clint Eastwood. I mean, if you don't like his politics, that's fine. Yeah. But he's still a really good director. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, I think he's a great director. I mean, if, 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 I agree. if the only thing he ever directed, in my opinion, if the only thing he ever directed in his life was Bird, I'd still think he was a great director. That's a Charlie Parker story with uh, Forrest Whitaker and, and uh, oh, Diana right. Canova. And it's fucking, br- I just think it's brilliant. It's such a good movie. See, and I think that Gran Torino is one of the greatest comedies I, ever made. Yeah, Gran Torino, exactly. Gran Torino <laughs> I mean, Torino's, a, you know, it's a fun movie. Um, you know, recently did The Mule. That was interesting. I didn't think it was great, I haven't seen that. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, well, I, know, guess, I guess what's just overall interesting to me about this is, you know, an actor gets a script... And then, can she, I mean, an actor to the degree that Olivia Wilde is right now can probably choose the work. Like if she turns this one down, it's not like she will never work again. Yeah, in it's this not city, like you she, know? it's not like she got the script on the day she was hired and went, "What? Yeah, I, I, I play a terrible person." Then and again, she, it's a woman. She but didn't a lot of, say but that. a lot of she things. She had the script for probably a good solid year before she was offered the job. You know, But a, a lot of things happen over time through the production of a film. Directors can make different choices that changes the script, that changes the character throughout production. Editing has a lot to do with it. You know, well, so there could be some of that there. It's just, it's, it's just interesting, you know, because how much work and time and how many people are required to make a film. It's yeah. not just the actor. It, even though the director is the... The boss. Yeah, it's not just the director. There's a lot See, of my, my producers concern, involved. My you know. concern is about the language used, and and this is uh, it's something that I want to yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that's on my mind. The language used is by saying, I mean, she didn't say it this way, but it's almost like saying it. It's almost like she said, "I didn't consent to play this character." And that's a and, little what and, it sounds like too. And because it's yeah. Clint Eastwood, a, a crazy Republican old crazy white man. Crazy old yeah. white man. It, you yeah. know, there's 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 some there's some, you know, it's like yeah. you know, it's it's the inferences very, are a little And I'm you know, that's the thing, is I'm I'm know, certainly not I'm certainly not. In fact, well that's things I'm certainly not in the in the idea that, you know, okay, so 
because I mean, I, some, sometimes I go in and I read the right wing uh, rags just because I want to see what they're saying, you know, because that's more interesting. Oh, absolutely. To me. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I'm not going to tune into Fox News every now and yeah, again. It's, a, it's interesting. Them. But one of the things I thought was it was probably the most interesting take on Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. that I've heard. And it's like, what are you for? But I, it, but <laughs> I can't believe this is your argument. However, the argument made that I read that I thought was really interesting about Harvey Weinstein is that Harvey Weinstein, if he didn't have power in a million dollars and billions of dollars, yeah, these women that are accusing him of sexual harassment, which he obviously did, yeah, these women would not have given him the time of day. Of that course it was, not. Well, that's the thing is, it was all a power dynamic. They knew what they were getting into when they went in there. He had a reputation that was as long as a fucking, you know, you know, Donald Trump turd that he has to flush for it fifteen times. So it was long. <laughs> it was long. So you know, everybody knew that if you went, if Harvey Weinstein invited you up to his suite by himself. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance something untoward is going to happen, and you chose to go there anyway. Now, that said, that's, that, that certainly does not excuse his behavior, but there, if, if you can't at least look at that and say, yeah, that's kind of true, so what is? how does that play out? And so what I look at when I hear Olivia Wilde say, I didn't have anything to do, I didn't have any say in my character, uh, you know, you did have some say. You could have read the script and said this character's uh, is sort of a sexist trope, and I don't like it, and I'm not going to do it, knowing full well somebody else would do it. Yeah, and she said, "No, I want the money. I want to work in a Clint Eastwood film. I want it, which is fine. I'm not yeah. criticizing her choices, you know. But to to suddenly then and on the heels of all this go, you know, it, what it reminds me of is like uh, Olivia Munn." Doing the uh, the Predator movie, the the Predator reboot. Remember that? I do not remember that. Okay, well, she did the Predator, and it's uh, Shane Black directed it, and okay. he's a, I think yeah. he's a great director. But one of the th- one of the things is Shane Black has a weakness for a specific actor, and I can't remember his name. But this guy is a convicted pedophile. I mean, he's a he's a sexual harasser. He's a rapist, you know? I'm going to look that and, up. Yeah. And so she makes the movie with the rapist in the movie. Movie is in the can, which means they've spent at least, let's just say, six weeks of shooting. She's been on set with this guy. She knew the guy was on the cast list. She's on set with the guy, makes the movie, and then once the movie has been in the can, she comes out to say... I can't believe Shane Black made me work with this guy, which then Shane, you know, the, the studios came to Shane Black and said, you got to cut him out of the movie. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he's already in the movie, so you can cut him out, but she still worked with the guy. She had a choice before the movie started to say, I'm not working with that motherfucker. He's a fucking convicted rapist. I don't want to be around this guy. But she was around him, and then she waited. She waited until the movie was shot. So... There are choices that are being made that you can question sort of the veracity of how that came out. I, again, I don't really have a problem with it. I, it reminds me of, uh, and this is what originally, uh, the uh, the woman reporter that was reporting on, and I don't remember this, I just saw it, reporting on uh, uh, the marathon. And this fucking oh, dumbass, yeah. and she's standing on the side of the road, and they're all running by, and this fucking asshole everybody's like oh, waving at the camera this kind of thing. and as he runs by his great fucking thought 
is to slap her on the ass. Yeah. Which is which is the stupidest fucking you know, you fucking dumbass. Okay. If that were it, if it's wow, what a fucking dumbass. Let's embarrass this guy because he's a fucking turns out he's a youth pastor, which cracks me up. But he's a dumbass. Okay, so he's a dumbass. Well, now it's being taken to the level where she was she felt assaulted, and let's be honest, he slapped her on the ass. She didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. He assaulted her. I mean, you know, if he if he if he'd run by her and like smacked her upside the head, that's assault. But because he smacked her on the ass, it's assault combined with a Me Too sort of element, and now it's blowing up where this because this guy was a stupid dick and just kind of ran by and slapped her on the ass. That his life is over. It's they're, they're well, destroying him, which I, mean, I, I think is interesting. Does he deserve? Maybe he deserves to get his nuts like like a a, a ruler. Maybe like like get a ruler Jesus. and just whack the fuck out of his nuts a couple times. That's I think uh, you know well, appropriate. I, Maybe whack his nuts on YouTube so everybody can see me and his whack nuts whacked. But does he have to have his livelihood taken away because he made a stupid? I mean, it was just a stupid fucking thing to do. And so the question becomes, and and now I'm going to wrap it up in one thing and then I'll shut up for a second, is there is is a too far. There's a too far that you take things. And and, and even in in a justice or an equity sort of way, there's... There's a moment, I think, in every movement where you you hit that tipping point and you lose most reasonable people. And what I'm looking at is if you look at the UK, the fucking conservatives and it, and then they and I don't want I don't want anybody to think if you read the news, and I do, it's not like the Labour Party was just beaten. It's not like Donald Trump beating uh Hillary Clinton. It's not like the Labour Party just got beat a little bit. The conservatives beat the Labour Party in such a fucking historic epic route. They haven't seen this kind of route in the UK since 1930 fucking five. That's how big a loss the Labour Party went. The whole Brexit crowd said, fuck you. You know, the whole country went fuck off labor, which is the labor party is the equivalent of our Democrats. It's the, it's the far left. It's the left. Yeah. And part of it is because Corwin went as far left as he could. He went, he was, he was looking for gender fluidity. He was looking for open borders. I mean, he just, he went full on progressive, full on Bernie Sanders, socialist. And the, like the entire United Kingdom basically just said, you know what? Fuck you, crazy people. And I mean, just 80 seats. They lost 80 seats in parliament in this vote. Boris Johnson, the biggest dipshit in all of Europe, this guy that looks like a fucking cartoon from fucking South Park as a politician, fucking just kicked their ass. And I think... All of this com- combining, we probably need to take a look at how far our uh, our progressive ideals, how far we are willing to let them go before it completely bites us in the ass. And honestly, I think I, I'm wondering how far sort of like the Me Too concept can go before we lose everybody. <laughs> okay. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't... 
Okay, so a jogger grabbed a woman's ass. No, he didn't grab we, it. We, wait, hang he did on, not hang grab on, hang it. on. He slapped put, it. Same we, thing. He smacked not it. Same thing. All right. We, we put his balls on YouTube and we beat them with a the ruler. That'd be cool. And his balls look like Boris Johnson. What? what? There's a lot there. Let's unpack this. Okay. Let's okay. unpack this slowly. First of all. I have a um, lot of thoughts. I read a lot, man. I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. First of all, the, the, let, let's, let's, let's go backwards. The Brexit thing. Uh, yeah. Labor Party got fucking ruined. And like I think you're right. Beating. Yes. Because they overcorrected. And I think that, we, and you and I have been talking about this for the last three years. Year. That Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're at risk of Donald Trump getting elected again, not because yeah. he's a good president, not because no. he campaigns well, which he does, but in part because we're not listening. We're not paying attention to what we're doing wrong on our side of, of the aisle or on our, at making our case. And yeah, we should learn from what happened in England. I don't think we will because we're too fucking oh, strident. We we're too self-righteous. To know any better, um, so there's that. The grabbing the ass or slapping the ass thing. I saw that this guy like immediately he came out and went on TV. He's like, "I'm sorry, I made a bad choice and I fucked no, up." No, no, people no. do uh, dumb up. shit. He did not say I'm sorry. That's the thing. It's really yes, frustrating he did. about this. No, he did not. He said, "If I had known her reaction to it." I would have been embarrassed and I would have never said I'm embarrassed. Never said, you know, I really should that that was really stupid and it and it violated her personal space and I treated her like a sex object and I smacked her. He never said I apologize. What he said was, if I had seen her reaction, which is not the same as saying smacking a woman on the ass that I don't know just in, is not cool. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have done it. That's not what he said. He said, if I saw her reaction to it, I would have apologized. That's what he said. I watched the interview. So Let's see. I want this. I do. I, I kind of want this guy to have his nuts slapped with a fucking ruler on YouTube, but I don't, I, on the flip side, I do not think this guy deserves to have his fucking livelihood taken away because he made a stupid mistake. Yeah, he fucked up. No question there. He was an asshole. I mean, it, was, it was a terrible thing that he did. But, slap, him, slap him with a civil suit not, for fine. But, it, but exact. But the thing is, it's not, it's not. I guess that's my perspective. It's it's I, it's a bad thing. I don't know if it's a terrible thing. It's certainly not a horrible thing, and it's certainly not cause for mass destruction. I want to read something. Going back, going back to the UK thing. Yeah. About the, and this is this is the thing that I that, that concerns me. Gary Yonker put this. I put a sort of a broad wonder on Facebook and Gary Yonker's a guy I used to work with uh, at WBEZ. And he said, and I love this, 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 this encapsulates exactly what I think I've been saying. And I wish I'd thought of it this way. You know, he says, the lesson we need to learn is not that progressive values are wrong, but that they are not, they're just not as widely held as we believe. Most folks in the U S and the UK are living in a reality that is different than ours and their votes count as much as ours do. To be clear, I'm not talking about Trump voters. They're a lost cause. I'm talking about the millions of people in the middle that just want more affordable health care and not Medicare for all, who want more affordable college and not free college. They pay their taxes, work hard for less money every year, but are scared shitless of socialism 
Don't scare them. Don't shame them. Welcome them into the big tent and give them a competent adult they can vote for. And Mm -hmm. I think that is just, it's like dead on. It's like the further we push, because the thing about it is, I mean, I look at the guy slapping her ass and I go, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. But- but the and, and I don't even want to blame it on the Me Too movement because it's really not the Me Too it's movement. Not, but there's no. There's a there's a certain segment of the far progressive left that want that to be a hanging offense. And I'm sorry, I don't it's see not slapping a, offense, a woman's no. ass as a hanging offense. I think it's I think it's egregious. I think it's abuse. I think it's uh, an assault. Yep. But I don't think you know it's. It's. I'm not. I don't want to minimize it and say it's not that big a deal. But Jesus Christ, does this guy have to have his whole life destroyed over well, a stupid mistake? And I don't. We, ha- think we have that's to look at, with all this stuff with with everything that's that uh, every crime. You know, there's there's a spectrum. You know, you rob a home, you beat somebody up. That's not the same as robbing the home and killing them. You'll get exactly. different punishments. You know, breaking and entering has a different punishment than. Robbery, theft, and robbery are different things. You know, murder, um, uh, homicide, and manslaughter are different kinds of murder, and you get different punishments for them. You know, yeah. So, well, and the thing is, we should know, Harvey we, Weinstein be hung? Yeah, okay, sure. I don't think Harvey Weinstein should be hung. I think Harvey Weinstein should be fucking uh, put out of business. Because ultimately, well, that's and he, the thing. And he has been. At the end of the day, if he has no fucking money, nobody's fucking him. He doesn't have that power. Really, it's all about, in that situation, it's about eliminating his power. All right, let's put it a different way. Should should um, Jeffrey Epstein, should, should Johnny Epstein be hung? Well, he hung I mean, himself. Did he? Not really. Did he? So, no, of course not. You know, but he's like, that dude... That dude deserved to fucking die. I feel bad for yeah. his family that their dad was such a piece of shit, their brother was such whatever. But he did horrible, horrible fucking things. In See, comparison, did this I marathon runner do die. something that equal? No. No. I, should he, is, should I, he be held accountable for what he did? Absolutely. Yeah. He should, you know, make a public apology and, uh, you know. Should it, we put it, his it, weird balls on YouTube and, well, and you know, watch I him getting smacked this, with a ruler? I just ah. think I, I just think that most, sec, most, most guys that, uh, you know, it's like the man spreading. It's the... Uh, yeah. It's the cat calling. It's that kind of stuff. I go back to what my mom used to t- say. She never actually did this, but I always thought it was funny. It's the idea that, yeah, get your nuts slapped around a little bit because you're fucking acting like a fucking boob and you're treating women in a way that is not cool and is, you know, it, it, it's just demeaning and awful. All right, so let's smack your fucking nuts with a piece of wood. <laughs> And then don't fucking do it again. That's the consequence for being a dipshit. Did you get your nuts smacked? On the other hand, does it mean that you that you have to change your name and move to fucking Montana? I don't yeah. think so. I think that's I think that's extreme. In the same way that I think like drugs. I mean, if you look at the drug laws of the eighties, eighties and nineties, uh-huh. more, more specifically, is that you've you've got black dudes. And it's far worse for black dudes. It's, yeah. you, it's just like you say, manslaughter is this, this. Here's the thing. The punishment very rarely in our society equals the actual consequences of the crime. Fits the crime. Got a black dude, he's got an ounce of pot in eight, 1985. Got an ounce of pot on him. He's going to serve 20 15, years. 15, 20 years, yeah. 
Yeah. 20 years of his life is gone because of of, of a pouch of an ounce of pot. Mm-hmm. White guy doing the same things, not going to serve any time. Maybe you get probation. You know? It's I probation. Mean, that's that's not, it. Yep. That's Supervision. And, and, and we would all, I think anybody with a brain would agree that's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fucking ridiculous... First of all, it's a ridiculous disparity based entirely on prejudice. However, anybody, any human being with an ounce of pot that has to spend 20 years of their life in prison for it, that's, that's over the top. That is an overreaction. That is a complete miscarriage of justice. I think we're kind of we're bridging into this thing where, where you know, because the progressive left is so angry, because there's you know it's that any kind of bridge, any kind of abridgment of decorum at this point, is considered high crimes and misdemeanors, and I think I think it's gonna. Uh, this is the thing is this is where I brought up the whole Brexit and the UK and the Labour Party is I think. The more we indulge ourselves with this sort of uh, overcorrection, the less of that millions of middle we're going to keep, and it's I, I I I'm I'm afraid it's just going to guarantee a Donald Trump presidency in 2020, and I really don't. Like well, that. the longer and even after Trump leaves office, the longer the the harder the overcorrection, the longer it's going to take us to get back. Yeah, in our lane and, and get get the car back I on mean, the road. The thing about it, the thing about it is the worst thing. It's you can say whatever you want to say about Donald Trump and the worst thing he's done, and everybody's got a fucking opinion about this. But I think the worst thing Donald Trump's done is he has packed our courts, Supreme Court, all the way to every federal court, packed it with conservative nut jobs. I don't know if you knew this, but like two weeks ago, the American Bar Association. Mm-hmm. which has been used traditionally for a hundred years to vet potential judge. They have been removed for potentially vet. The American Bar Association no longer is allowed to vet judges. So any yep. fucking nut job they found in a Dunkin' Donuts thumbing his asshole and screaming about black people can be put on <laughs> as a judge. And that, that this fucking moron who you know lives in a fucking refrigerator box, as long as he says he loves Donald Trump, gets to be a judge. And a judge yeah. for life, that's the real long... If we have a, another four years of Donald Trump packing more courts we're not going to be able to crawl ourselves out of this conservative malaise for if we have another six years probably harry's well probably harry's lifetime i mean this is long term and so you know if we don't if we don't pull the if we don't pull the rug out of this pretty fast you know even your kid's gonna fucking die watching this country be a, a a monstrous conservative uh racist sexist piece of shit and so it's like we got to do something and i think the overcorrection is and that's one of the things i think i was thinking about this and that's one of the things that i'm going to talk about in my six things is there are so many and i do believe this there are so many positive um and really pragmatic changes that black lives matter has has created that me too, the whole Me Too movement that Oscar's so white. I mean, these these hashtag movements have really generated some extraordinarily positive, progressive steps in the right direction for the country and for society. Yeah. And I would hate to see, I guess that's my feeling, is like, I, as I watch these overcorrections and things like Olivia Wilde saying, I didn't have a choice, which any reasonable person knows that's bullshit. She did have a choice. 
She certainly had a choice on whether to do that movie or not. Well, she didn't have any choice. Maybe she didn't have any choice in the character, but she had a choice well, to take because, that character. Well, I mean, it's like that's like saying, you know, we're going to pay you $4 million to wear these pants. And you put the pants on, and then you look at And then after you wear the pants, say, well, I really didn't have a choice which pants I wore. Fuck you. They gave you $4 million. You put on the pair of pants they gave you. That's... She played the character she was told she was going to play. She read the script. She knew what player character she was going to play. Yeah. And so, so that that's any reasonable person looks at that and goes, yeah, that's just some bullshit. Same thing with, you know, I, I get it. And I saw the video of the guy slapping her on the ass. She was both shocked. Mm-hmm. You could see some hurt and real fury. I mean, yeah, I get it. sure, absolutely. Every reason to be absolutely. pissed off. However, that overcorrection of like, let's compl- on national TV, let's destroy this man's life because he's kind of a dumbass, is overcorrection. And most well, people will look at that and go, "Oh, those fucking feminists." And it's like that's not the message we want. I just think that's a terrible message. Yeah. Let's so I I think part of the reason, let's take a quick break and then we'll we'll come back to the this this idea of punishment. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. So I think that the, the overcorrection, and we talked about this uh, last week or a few weeks ago about, I, I brought this up, that part of the reason that people get so upset when cops kill unarmed black men or unarmed black people um, is your whole thing was like the numbers. We're not, you know, more cops kill white people than they kill black, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the point that I brought up is that it's it's not just about the shootings or the killings. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. There's this systemic issue and people, this is just like, fuck, enough. When are we going to do something? Murder is not, you know. So I think that what we're seeing is, and I just, I was reading the paper today. I was at 7-Eleven grabbing a Red Bull and I was reading the, I think it was the Sun-Times, the cover. Um, there were like two stories about cops that just got reprimanded for doing horror, you know, for like killing somebody or for lying about something. Like the, the people in power, and most of them happen to be white men, are not getting, they're barely getting a slap on the wrist for a lot of things. The Catholic Church is a perfect example. They just move shit around. You know, they don't get rid of these horrible, they just cover it up and it's like, well, but he's a priest, so let's give him a break. Well, he's a cop, let's give him a break. Their jobs are hard. Like, we need to punish, the, 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 it needs to fit the crime. The punishment needs to fit the crime, but the punishment needs to fit the crime. And I think what we're seeing is a lot of punishments aren't fitting the crime. So to make up for it, there's people calling for the punishments to exceed the crime as a way to make up for it. You know, and, and therein lies the problem. If we would take our focus and put it where it belongs, which is on punishing appropriately when an, a crime occurs, then we could go, yeah, that guy who slapped her ass is fucking wrong and he should be dealt with appropriately. We don't need to run him out of out of town. We don't well, need I mean, to, you know. 
Well, it, what it is, it, it becomes its own version of it's it's media driven, social media driven, and media driven frontier justice, which is okay. Guy slapped her on the ass when she was reporting. It was stupid. It was shitty, mm-hmm. um, and it's a crime. Yep. I mean, it's assault. Not question about it. Yep. Okay. So appropriate is you go to the police. I mean, they've got a video of it, so it's not like yeah. he can deny it. And I don't think charges have been pressed was, yet at this point. No, because that's the thing is if she goes, she presses charges. It's simple. It's not even battery. It's assault. It's not even assault and battery, and it's certainly not assault with a weapon. He slapped her on the ass, but that's still assault. Mm-hmm. That's a crime. Yep. It's a misdemeanor. And boom. So now if she goes to the police and the police go, he's probably going to get probation. Because it's it's not like this guy has a history of assaulting people, you know. And right. quite frankly, he's a white guy, so it's probably not going to be a. You know, he's not going to get twenty years for hitting somebody on the ass, right? But okay, that's appropriate justice. He gets a you know it's a misdemeanor. He goes on probation. That's what he got to do. But the frontier justice aspect of it is that's not enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to scorch this guy's entire world. You know, he's going to lose his family. He's going to lose his job. If he's not in a goddamn, you know, if he's not in the grave in the next fucking couple of years because he just couldn't handle the fact that he he, he hit some, you know, he slapped mm-hmm. a woman's on that, then it's not enough. And that's frontier justice. And it's not dispassionate. Yeah. And it's not re- it's not pragmatic. And, and it's not sustainable. And every time we show something, because that thing is, again, going with the numbers... The people that are most passionately involved in something in a cause are the worst people to assign punishment every yeah. time. And if you look at the numbers, like you talk, we're talking about the numbers. I agree with you. The shooting of black men and women by police is awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It's it's not even awful. It's fucking. It's it's horrifying, right? I mean, the shooting of. Gen- but, I'm not trying to anybody, diminish it, but but, the th- but you yeah. make the comment. You make yeah. the comment that these cops never get rep- never get more than a slap on the wrist, and that does not the the facts do not support that statement. That what is. Fu- the, are you kidding? The thing about it is, if you look at the facts, more policemen have lost their jobs for for abusive behavior. Than what we what you just said. I mean, like the ratio that I've read, the ratio I've read is that more police are punished for uh, what is it? Police brutality, like really punished, punitively, financially, time off. They still have their jobs. I mean, you know, but well, the thing about it is, I'm not talking about somebody shoot. But this is the thing: we've empowered police to that we've given them weapons, and we've said you could shoot them. There are there are parole boards. Yes, there are absolutely a percentage, and it's not a huge. That's the thing. It's not a huge percentage of police, because again, I go with numbers. Yeah, there's approximately nine hundred thousand police that are employed in the United States. Of those nine hundred thousand, there are about seven percent of them are involved in some sort of police brutality uh complaint about seven percent that's not that's not the message we're sending what we're saying is police police are fucking abusive they're all they're all no no well no, not all of them of okay, course but seven percent is not a huge percentage it's, it's, i mean it's significant but it's not jesus christ it's seven percent and then you go down 
0.02% are involved in shootings that result in serious injury or death. 0.02%. Okay, so then to conflate that with your statement that police just aren't punished is not accurate to the numbers. It's it's the histrionic. Police... It's just <sighs> not it's just doesn't it doesn't it's 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 propaganda. And, and again, do I think those police that shoot people should be fucking fired? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think all police should be punished for that 0.02%? No. Well, all right. So if we look at the Laquan McDonald case, um, where Justin Van Dick was found guilty, but was given, what, like three years, you know, for shooting a, t- an, a teenager 17 times? I'm calling bullshit on that. I'm calling big, well, big a, bullshit on that. Well, the thing about it is, um, it's a bad. And that, there, that, that there is was a clearly a cover up, and they did not. You know, the cops involved with that got. Um, they were acquitted. Calling bullshit on that too. There's just there is. Um, this is. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, I'm looking up. I'm looking up sometimes yeah. right now to see if I can find really, those those and stories. This, and well, this is one of the things. Again, it's a media driven problem that we're dealing with because. And it, I'll go right Chicago, back to it. Chicago Police Department yeah. sergeant who shot unarmed autistic man suspended yep. for six months. I mean, Chicago cop reprimanded for bungling homicide case involving Daly nephew. I mean, like, I, I guess that's not so, as big a deal, but no, it's really not. But this is the thing: is this thing is the more media attention you give something, the more it gets. And I'll go back to this goes back to uh, the, the early nineties. Would O.J. Simpson have gotten off for killing his wife and Ryan Goldman? If it hadn't been televised, and my answer is, I do would not think. Would O.J. Simpson he, have gotten off if it hadn't been televised? Would he have been acquitted of that crime if it had not been on television? And my answer, my belief is, he would have not have been acquitted because he was guilty as fucking shit. Everybody knew it. It was obvious that he was guilty. But when you add the element of television and the opinions of a million people that don't have a fucking idea what's going on in that room, they don't know if they're not on the jury. We're not on the jury. So this is the thing. I'm not saying that, I mean, Scott Van Dyke, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see the evidence the jury saw. But the only evidence that you're talking about you look up the Laquan McDonald thing. The only evidence you're talking about is the evidence that has been proliferated by social media and the news. That doesn't mean that's the evidence of the case. It means that's what's well, been publicized. No, I, I I looked at the evidence of the case because I was reading stories about no, what no, was yeah, there, and exactly. I listened to the. You were reading. You were reading media. Were you on the trial? Did you see the I, transcripts? Did you see exactly what the jury saw? And if you did not see exactly what the jury saw, then your opinion is completely based on social media and media. It doesn't matter. Well, but it doesn't. It does matter. No, it it doesn't. Because the jury didn't provide sentencing. The jury, no, the jury recommended a sentence, and the judge went the other way with it. The judge took the jury's suggestion and said, "Nah, fuck it." No, he gave him so that's that doesn't matter. And and, and, yeah, but that's not what what the jury was suggesting. But but all right, let's look at the flip side. Again, this is it, it's not so goddamn simple. The flip side is if you take away discretionary sentences from judges, which is what you're arguing for, is that the judge should have taken the jury's recommendation and gone with the sentencing that was recommended, which is I, I agree with you. However, as soon as you take away the judge's discretion to make decisions on that, then and if you look at the facts, the three strikes you're out, mandatory sentencing, 
overwhelmingly punishes people of color. Overwhelmingly. Well, that's a terrible, terrible uh, but what you're saying, but what you're terrible. But what you're saying, what you're saying is the judge has to go with the recommendation of no the jury. That's not what I said. What you, well, then what are you? What saying I said then? is that the judge should have looked at the evidence and considered. I think the better considered, and you, and you, and you don't think. But the judge I don't believe. No, no, I think the judge sided with with uh, the police law because law and order. Yeah, because that's what they do. I've been a part of that before. I've been involved yeah. in a case where the judge has sided despite the evidence, despite the rule oh, yeah. of law. Like the well, it's like the kid that raped the woman in the fucking thing, and he got probation because he was a fucking swimmer. Because he was a, a good guy. swimmer. Yeah. Okay. Fuck so you. Mike, yeah. But it's, this is what I'll say is yeah. While those cases, and I agree, you get no disagreement with me. Those cases are fucking bullshit. Those are miscarriages of justice. Given the sh- just the raw number, the sheer number of cases that go to court, of crimes committed, of crimes committed by police, of rapes that come out, the idea that this one kid who raped a woman in a thing and then got off because he was a swimmer is... <sighs> indicative of the entire system is propaganda it is not indicative of the entire system it is it is something that fell through the crack scott von dyke getting three years is a is is a case that fell through the crack and it fell through the crack because it was so highly politicized and that's all i'm well, saying I, okay, real justice here, happen- so here's the other real thing real justice happens without us seeing it and that's how that's sometimes how the justice yeah system- and no, sometimes, not, no, and a lot no, of not, times, it doesn't. No, 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 no. Not sometimes. Most of the time. Because if it was not most of the time that justice was done, we would be inundated with news stories, twenty-four hours a day with cases, twenty-four hours a day of shit like that. But we're not. We're not inundated with that because we can see movies. We have time to watch movies and jerk off and go eat. If it was that broken. Nobody would stand for it. But the fact is, it's not that broken. It is it is hobbled, but most, not some, not mo not a lot, most cases end with some appropriate measure of justice. Okay, but the degree of these cases and the impact that it has when they are um when they don't end in proper justice, and you know what is proper justice is is completely uh, it's up to opinion, right? It's up to the individual. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I might look no, at actually, OJ and go, actually, that David, was bullshit. David it's, David, it's actually not up to opinion. It's up to a judge's opinion. That's why we have the system we have. If if I but what if angers I know, us? But what if angers I, us? Well, it may anger us, but either we buy into the I system or we don't. I could look at the judge's don't. opinion, but I could no. I could look at the judge's opinion on OJ and go or on uh, on uh, Jason Van Dick and go. This was perfect. Or I could look at the judge's opinion and go, that was bullshit. I choose to look at it and go, that was bullshit. I'm sure there's plenty of people that go, no, that was right. Here's the other thing about looking at the evidence. Reading the media reports, that's the best I could do because I wasn't in the jury pool. However, I was not reading opinions. I was reading the news fact and I was reading the transcripts that were made available through, I trust the media, certain media, you know, I trust some mainstream media and I choose those ones. See, I I would go to- you know what? I would trust the media if they didn't sell advertising, but because they sell advertising, they are suspect uh, just as much as anything else. Just as much as anything else. Uh, as soon as you sell advertising, you are looking for clickbait. It's all clickbait, even if it's really serious New York Times clickbait. It's still clickbait. 
bottom I, okay, line is okay fine we just started other, with talking about Richard we, Jewell. We just started this podcast talking about Richard Jewell, who in 1996 got railroaded by journalists. And now you're simply saying, oh, well, journalists are always pretty right. No, I don't buy it no, for one fucking second. that is not what I said. <laughs> not for that is one not second what I do said. I believe it. There are plenty of journalists that are wrong. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, Brian Williams, the anchor of, of NBC... Nightly News was very fucking wrong for many, many years. And part of the reason I don't trust MSNBC or MNBC at all is because that motherfucker who went out of his way to lie and advance that lie for years now gets a fucking anchor desk on MSNBC. Fuck you. And so Fuck you, you MSNBC. And, and so, so you believe a bunch of faceless reporters in the Chicago Tribune and Sun-Times about... Uh, a, a trial that you had nothing to do with and the only information you've got is from television, social media, and the newspapers, and you believe them, but you don't believe Ryan Williams because he was a lion sack of shit for 20 years. Uh, y- yeah. And I and the thing is, I'm fine that you believe it. <laughs> the thing is, yeah. I'm fine that you believe it. I don't have a problem with it. But it doesn't mean your opinion on the case has any fucking factual merit. It just means you know what they wanted you to hear. That's okay. I mean, I, I could go, you know what I could do is I could go to the, uh, I could go downtown and I could pull the transcripts. Yes, you could. And then, and then I could compare has, them. And then your opinion of that sentence But at some point, don't merit. we have to trust the people that we, that are paid to do the right job? I mean. Well, then you have to trust. You, you don't get to trust it if you do it, you either trust it. Or you don't yeah. trust it, but and you don't some, get it. Some things in the Tribune I trust, some things I don't. And and it, and the thing about it, so if if I look at the Laquan, going back to the Laquan McDonald, and and I say that three years, that that's that's not in keeping with what he did. I can either do what most people do, which is go online and piss and moan about it and tell everybody how shitty the system is, or do most really, people do that, or, or do some people do that? No, most people do that, and then Come some on. people go. Some people go. That's a really egregious uh, miscarriage of justice. So I'm going to go and I'm going to find out exactly what happened. And then, because the thing about it is, cities can be sued in civil cases over these very Mm -hmm. things. But you don't see a lot of those civil suits. Why? Because most people don't really want to spend the time. It's injustice that they feel like is good enough to get online and spit and piss and moan, but not actually do anything about. And that is a big issue that I think they have to contend with. Even if we're dealing with majority or a minority of, of cases that go wrong and and misappropriated mis, misappropriated punishments, um, mis miscarriages of justice, miscarriages of justice, sure, um, sure. Uh, even if it's seven percent, if I've got seven percent of, ca- I had a little bit of cancer on my face. Should I just let it go because eh, it's not going to kill me? It's only a little bit. No, I, didn't I mean, say you gotta, let it go, but place it in perspective. Because we right. actually want to change things, inflating the size of the problem doesn't doesn't help us. But there is a systemic. But there is a systemic problem of protecting, of law and order protecting its own. Of you know the back the blue or I back the badge, whatever the blue lives, whatever the fuck that is. There's that's a problem in police culture across the board. And we that's know that. That's, Did you see Serpico? I know. No, this is not new. This I know not it's like not it's new. new. And that's the problem. But here's the thing. Do you think it's as bad today as it was in the seventies? I I don't I don't know if it's better or worse or the same. I don't know. Well, then you know what I would suggest before you before you you, you rail on a podcast about how it's not. 
maybe do a little research and see if it's better. Because my guess is it's probably a lot better than it was in the 70s. Okay, but better doesn't mean fixed. Well, but Jesus Christ, man, you can't have perfection. It's just not achievable. I would love it if nobody ever lied and everybody had a sandwich every single day. But, but even that's if just it's not reality. Even if it is better, how much better is it? In over 40 years, is it 40 years better? I think so, yeah. If you read Steven Pinker, yeah, we're way better than we used to be. Like way fucking better in almost every area of humanity. Our society is more just, more healthy, more educated. In almost every area, we are far better than our we society, were. Our society, the United 50- States society or worldwide? Yeah, worldwide. We're not healthier. Society. We are not healthier. No, we're we living are actual, longer. We're not no, healthier. We are, we, no, we actually are healthier than we were. 50 years ago. Find me that source. Find me that, that uh, citation. That I don't, go, uh, that fact I don't. Just, um, dude, all you got to do is grab a Steven Pinker book and it'll be in there. Who the fuck That's is Steven Pinker? He, well, you know what? If you don't know him, perhaps you should look him up. I'm not here to do your emotional labor, David. It's not emotional labor. This is purely fact driven. Yeah, Steve, and, and Steve Pinker is all fact driven. Everything he writes is based on empirical data that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years as he looks at what we used to be like and where the facts are murder rates rape rates um, inequality uh, everything and then he brings it up to date and we are overwhelmingly over like on levels that i i it kind of blows my mind how much progress we have made as a human species just in the last hundred years in a lot and, of ways, absolutely. I and do what it not. reminds what it reminds me of is we got to clean our house. Our house is a fuck. It's a fucking mess. There's boxes and there's dog shit over in the corner and all this. And we got to clean our house. <laughs> oh my god, it's the worst fucking thing. So we start cleaning our house. We start cleaning our house, and we get it closer and closer to being really genuine clean. And then we see some dust in the corner. Everything else is fucking pretty clean. It's pretty goddamn clean, but there's dust in the corner and we lose our fucking mind because there's dust in that corner. Yeah. That's over, that is overreaction. That is overcompensating. That is conflating a small problem to equate the bigger problem that used to be. And that is why labor just got their ass kicked in the UK. I understand that. Wait a Six minute. Things. No. Six fuck. things. No, no. Don't, Six you don't things. get the fucking representative Nadler me on this shit and just cut me dude, off and fucking. Dude. No. I edit the thing. I could stop the podcast right there. You don't get to say Wait anything. Wait a goddamn I just edit second. It. Wait a goddamn second. I can edit you completely If you out. clean your whole house, yeah. great job. You got the dog shit up. You got all the, you fucking vacuum, <laughs> you dusted all that shit. And then you see that one little fucking dust bunny. Yeah. Why not just go fucking pick it up and then you're done. Oh, no, because there's going to be more about... There's always going to be dust bunnies. But if you just let the dust bunnies build up, just fucking zap them while you got them. If you let them build up, then it becomes a house of dust bunnies. Yeah. Fucking kill them but, while you can. But if you lose your mind every time you see a Don't dust bunny... Lose, I'm not saying lose your mind ever. I'm just saying fucking but David, vacuum up the dust bunny. David, our society has now become... And I think it's in part social media, but I also think it's media-driven as well. We're losing our fucking mind over dust bunnies. That's what we're doing. We're losing our fucking minds over dust bunnies. We just need to, we need to not lose our minds over them, but we need to routinely and with commitment vacuum up the dust bunnies. 
Yeah, there you go. Six things. <laughs> Fucker. All right. Dude, I can edit you all out. I get that whole last bit. I just edit you that shit out. Come you're on. Just done. You're not going to edit can, me. I have. That's the one thing I have. I have the power of the scissors of editing. Yeah. Fucking scissors. I have anything you. else. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing uh, is listen, we've talked about this podcast before Reveal, uh, which is an incredible podcast. But specifically, for, for you, Don, I want you to listen to an episode called The Secret List of Convicted Cops. Uh, the, the details on here, when cops misbehave, why does it stay secret? We hear from a reporter threatened with prosecution and, and interview a U.S. Police Association leader. Really interesting, the long list of police. It, it's, it's almost like the Catholic Church and their, and their dirty, disgusting priests. Okay, so I will read it. I actually will. I will listen to it. And all again, right, this first... is not all cops, but it's an interesting... Uh, point yeah. for our discussion. My first thing, I've already, I've already made this suggestion, but as it's gotten, as, as as it's gone on in its season, it got better and better and better, and more interesting and more interesting. Uh, watch the morning show on Apple Plus. I'm telling you, you know, there is a moment. Uh, what I thought it is one of the best examinations of the concept of sexual equity um, and sexual assault by powerful men. It's one of the best, smartest things I've ever seen. And it continually keeps surprising me. And the conversations that they're having in these dialogues are just better and better. And you talk about Olivia Wilde being upset about playing a character that's unlikable <laughs> and, and is a bad person. Steve, Car- Steve Carell plays one of the most charming monsters I've ever seen. And you don't even realize he is one until something happens and you go, Oh fuck! I was totally wrong about that guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're not watching it, you're missing out because I'm I'm traveling. I'm traveling this show, watching it. It's all about newsroom. It's all about the morning show. Then I'm thinking I, there's a part of me that's kind of like, yeah, it's it's kind of unfair. It's like overcorrection on Steve Carell's on that character's part. Yeah, yeah. And in the last episode I watched, it's just like, oh my fucking god! I totally bought into the fact that he was kind of just being overcorrected and he's a fucking monster. I went, ah, mm-hmm. oh, wow. Mind blown. It's really yeah. good. Watch okay. it. All right. My next thing is, uh, it's another listen to a podcast called Hysteria, which we've talked about yep. on the show before, but specifically listen to the episode titled, Okay, Gloria Steinem, <laughs> where the the host, they they have Gloria Steinem on the, sh- on the episode. And Gloria Steinem, if, I mean, if, we, you should know who she is, of course. If you don't know who Gloria Steinem is, time but to read. She is if you if you've never like listened to her in interviews or in conversations. She's obviously funny, smart, insightful. Oh, she's brilliant. But yeah. this is a great episode because she's surprisingly maybe she shuts down a lot of the strident feminist tropes. Uh-huh. And I it's I I want to like call up some of my strident feminist friends and say, "Yo, check out your girl." Gloria, because listen to her. Please, yeah. for the love of fucking God, listen to her so we don't get another fucking four years of Trump. Because if you That's keep ex- this shit up. This, this is my fear. But All yeah, right. so yeah. My second thing is a read. I want you to go to vox.com. I want you to look up seven positive changes that have come from the Me Too movement. It's actually, it's more holistical than anything else, but it's actually well, well, well written. But it is, it is one of those things where if you don't remind yourself, and I, you know, I have to do that, remind yourself that this is indeed 
a genuine step forward for our, for our society. If you don't do that, then what you do is you fixate on the guy slapping a woman's ass ah, and getting no. destroyed and you know burned on fire. The seven positive changes that have come about from the Me Too movement, it's a, it's a worthy article of reading. It will take you down a rabbit hole of really looking at some of the real genuine changes that are being made because of this movement. I think it's worth uh, taking Good. a look at and okay. reading. Uh, my final thing is a little lighter fare. It's a watch. It's on the Hallmark Channel. It's it's Christmas Town, starring Candace Cameron Bure or Bur Bur Bure. I don't know. She says uh, it with a weird accent. Um, we know Candace Cameron from Full House, right? Um, she's the no. Hallmark Channel. What? You don't know Candace Cameron Bure? I have no idea who she is. Shut the fuck up. You know Candace Cameron. You you've watched no, Full House. No, I never watched Full you've House. You've never seen an episode of Full House. Not a full episode, never. You know the older daughter. Shut the. Come on. I watch. I I know who Bob Saget is. <laughs> His um, daughter in the show. I I didn't. Dude, Fuck I never you. watched the fucking show. I never watched Full House. <laughs> That's a '90s thing. I was an adult then and didn't watch bullshit then. I mean, I did watch bullshit, but it was different kind of bullshit. Well, you watch this bullshit. You watch Christmas Town, starring Candace Cameron Bure on the Hallmark Channel. The next the next airing is at your DVR is Wednesday, December eighteenth. Two o'clock Eastern, yeah. uh, one o'clock Central. This movie, it's, it's perfect Hallmark Channel shit. It is fucking amazing. Oh my God. Just, <laughs> just my third watch. thing. My third thing is also a watch and it's also lighter fare. Um, I want you to watch Red- Wedding Crashers. Okay. With Vince Vaughn. And, 2005's uh, Wedding Crashers. Yeah, I want yeah. you to watch Wedding Crashers because... In 2005, we thought that shit was hysterical. It was one of the most, the most. I mean, it was like one of the most popular movies yeah. of its day. Yeah. You watch it now, and you can understand why there's a Me Too movement. It doesn't hold that up. Is one, yeah. That is one fucking shitty ass movie about fucking scumbag dudes just, oh, it's, it's, it's like, holy shit. Although, and, you know, like, the Vince like, Vaughn character you know, does get assaulted sexually assaulted several times throughout the movie yeah but but in comedic that's the thing is like I, i've been doing the problematic movie of the 80s and it, it just occurred to me it's like oh wow god damn it oh it's problematic in the 80s jesus christ this was 2005 and yeah this is Although, i mean this is a wrong this is a wrong movie there's him, they, him, get, him getting the hand job underneath the table at dinner is one of the funniest fucking scenes I've ever watched. <laughs> All right. I'm, so you apparently like wedding chimes. I, I I caught some moments of it. And I went, oh my God, I can't believe I thought this was fucking funny. This is, these, these guys are, I mean, I mean they're horrible. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, Hey, let's do a movie where we get Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and have oh, them go God. and try, have them go and try to get laid at different weddings. Cause that's the scummy bullshit they pull. It's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, my god in a twisted weird way i really want to see that movie <laughs> oh yeah i want to see it but i don't think i would like it like a buddy like sex comedy from the 80s with harvey weinstein and, and bill, Mur- and bill, bill murray uh, bill cosby sorry yeah, bill yeah. murray uh all right <laughs> that's horrible oh it's horrifying man Jesus. all right that's the show that's it thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week rock and roll you can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. 
Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>